Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. It took two months to get to episode two, but welcome to the WSB Traffic Podcast. I'm Doug Fireball Turnbull. Smiling Mark McKay here. And we're going to sift through a couple of Atlanta traffic issues here. Obviously, traffic's so issue-prone, it's kept us away from the microphones here the last couple of months or so. We popped one up on uh, February the 1st, I think it was, right after Tad Lemire's first day on B98.5. And (laughs) as they've soared in the ratings, just like WSB has, it's kind of kept us busy smiling. No no special guests, just you and I today. That's correct. So, all right, we got to jump into a couple of things here. Atlanta traffic is nuts right now. We're coming off the heels also of a tragedy in the first responders community. And so we just want to look at a couple of those things. The last time we talked, we talked about the fatal police shooting and the big mess on I-75. Since then, I don't think we've had a single traffic problem that has been of that magnitude. So nothing that we necessarily need to sift through as far as that goes. But certainly a lot happening. So smile, Mark. This is something that actually happened back in August of last year. I think it was August the 1st. And... He had finally reached its conclusion here just a couple of weeks ago. Hero driver Moses King, and can you kind of fill us in a little bit of the imprint that you felt from that and sort of some of the things you've seen on social media since uh, hero driver Moses King passed away? Well, when it first happened, it was in, in the overnight hours. You know, why wake up the next morning after going to sleep rather early and you hear of a, a terrible crash on the downtown connector and a hero driver gets out of his unit to uh, start putting down flares and cones to... Uh, have people uh, direct around this crash, and uh, a motorist uh, slams into uh, Mr. King. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, he was in a coma uh, or certainly hospitalized for a yeah. long period of time with this. Essentially, he injuries. was on life support right. from August when it happened all the way here until mm-hmm. mid March. And part of the holdup was trying to get some of his family into town. He had some family in Africa. And I'm not exactly sure about the decision making process or what point they decided. He should not be on life support anymore. That's not our place to speculate, and they didn't release that info. But essentially, I think it was now two weeks ago, Moses King was taken off life support. He hadn't changed one bit from when he was in the wreck. I think he may have improved slightly, but he was still in the vegetative state. I know uh, it affected his community, his uh, fellow hero drivers, greatly. You uh, and Steve Winslow were able to go to, uh, I believe, the wake. Tell me about the emotion that you felt and you saw amongst the uh, the first responder community when it came to this particular death. Oh, and they had an eight-hour wake for Moses first off, so it started at one in the afternoon, and Steve and I actually went after our traffic shift on Wednesday evening, so we were right at the very end of it. We didn't get there until 7.30 or 8 o'clock, so it was pretty close to the end, and there were not, I didn't see any family there. There were about eight different wakes going on at the same time, or four different wakes going on at the same funeral home, but all the hero guys were taking shifts and essentially standing guard off and on the entire time during that wake. And so the most telling moment to Steve and me, I mean, we saw Moses laying in, uh, laying in, stay, or laying in the open, I guess, uh, with open casket deal. And afterwards, we went outside, and there was about six, seven, eight guys that were hero unit drivers that were standing out there. And we just saw the brotherhood in that community. And I'm not trying to drum this up and make it more dramatic than it was, but Steve and I just talked to him for a while. And the thing I took away most is here you are at looking in the face of the danger of that job. 
looking in the face of what could happen to them. And there's been now two hero drivers that have gotten struck and killed while on duty. There was Moses King and then Spencer Pass back in 2011. Spencer right. Pass's uh, death is what brought forth the move over law and what helped bring forth the move over law. But sitting out there with those guys, and they didn't say, man, I'm re- reconsidering this. And we weren't interviewing them like media. We were just talking to them. They, you know, they kind of figured out we were WSB traffic. We didn't make a big deal about it. They were all saying, we love this job. Mm-hmm. It is fun. These guys don't even make twenty five. They make less than $30,000 a year to go out and put their butts on the line and be completely in a situation that can be unsafe, and they all are ready to do it again because they absolutely love hooking those trucks up, dragging things out of traffic, cleaning up debris, blo- blocking lanes so they can open the lanes and get people out of the way. And I'm going, these really are heroes. Yeah. Oh, they, they, they're apt. Then it is an apt name. Uh, one of the things that struck me uh, were, were, was when the casket was brought to the gravesite, and the hero operators, his colleagues, uh, were the pallbearers, and yeah. that picture really got to me. Um, and wh- I, I want to say too, yes. I think that he, I don't know what his family situation was exactly, but I kind of carried away from it that his closest brethren, the people that felt the strongest around him, I think actually was that community, and it shows how right. tight that community is. That's not any slight on his family. I just feel like all of those guys, and Moses had only been on the job since January of 2015. So January to August was his career as a hero driver, eight months. They felt that tie to him as much as if he'd been there 18 years. Here's one phenomenon that I cannot understand, and I know if alcohol is involved or some other substance is involved. Which allegedly, I don't know if they got convicted or not, but the driver in this situation was. How are vehicles, how are drivers drawn, and we see this now on the internet a lot with videos, how are drivers drawn toward flashing lights? I mean, we've seen in Cobb County, there was a vehicle that was a, a fire truck and ambulance stopped on 75 behind a wreck, and it went right into the back of that fire truck. Yeah. And it was a dashboard camera from a police officer that captured that. You see it all the time. I don't understand that phenomenon late at night of being drawn to it. There, that heightens the dangers for police, fire, and hero unit operators out there on the roadways. I just It amazes me. How do people not get around it as, and they're drawn to it? It's, it's really bizarre. It's really strange, and I don't know what the situation was in Moses' case. I know in the case of the next hero driver that got injured just four months after him, I think four months, yeah, four months after him, Chris Seslar, critically injured by a driver who – was having trouble, as it was described by the Georgia State Patrol, having trouble maintaining his lane and then overcorrected and just happened to careen into a mm-hmm. hero driver, Chris Seslar, who was attending to another crash. To me, that seemed like it was more reckless driving. In both cases, it didn't seem like it was a distracted driving issue. It was one was impaired driving, the other was reckless driving. Right. Either way, and I don't care if it's hero drivers, ambulances, fire trucks, police, or even record drivers Wreckers. who are... Yep. Private, you know, that's part of the private sector. They're not considered as much first responder as a hero driver. If you see those lights, slow down to around the speed limit or just below and move over a lane. Right. And if you're, or sorry, I, I should say that differently. If you're in the lane next to him and you cannot get over, slow down to a reasonable speed. Be very aware of it. Don't be looking at something else. Look at them. And then if you can, try to get over a lane too. The observation that I've been making in the morning, especially before the sun comes up, uh, that folks are obeying you. There are so many times a crash will be in the travel lane for a long time, move to the right. Extra delays will be created by folks that are actually trying to get out of that right yep, lane. That's true. Because of the fact that the lights are off to the side. Um, 
okay, you may have frustrated motorists behind you. Just keep going, keep going. Well, you, you know, you make that decision. Can you get over? Ideally, you get over. If you've got someone in that lane next to you and you can't, then you slow to the speed. But I, I'm seeing more and more people. And of course, you know, this is being put out there because this is the law now. You yeah. have to move over for flashing lights off to the right. The DOT message boards, when they don't have traffic info, especially time when it's speed limit, they have all the time. Remember the move over law, move over a lane or slow down. It's okay to slow down to the speed limit. That shouldn't create a huge delay. Now, what frustrates me in the mornings or the afternoons or whenever we're covering traffic is seeing people slow down. They're already going below the speed limit, and they slow down even more just because there are flashing lights there. If you're already going slow, just be alert. Right. Go by them. You don't need to like get a good look at it. Hey, let me snap a picture of this, which a lot of people do, by the way. Right. Slow down while they're driving and snap pictures. That's not safe either. So it brings up this issue then of di- distracted driving. And I don't know what more we could say about it to make it even bigger, but we've seen also in this uh, series of stories about hero drivers getting hit. Back in February, I believe it was, end of January, early February, there was a hero truck that someone just drove, I mean, almost brought its wheels up, just slammed right into the back of it because it was stopped in a lane. And to me, when I see crashes like that, I don't know about you, Smile, I think immediately, oh, (laughs) We know what was going on there. And I've seen even myself. I'm not speaking as someone that's different from any of you all listening, all three of you listening right now. Um, I've caught myself if I'm trying to look at directions or try to do something. And I have a situation where my phone is not in my lap. It's on a little, you know, propped up deal, okay, so I can see it. But if if you spend just a little bit too much time there, I find myself hitting my brakes at the last second. And... We just, especially when we're around emergency responders, uh, you can't do it. You know Clark Howard's answer for that? Did you hear him talk about that? I did not. He says if he has an incoming text or a call that he can't get, he throws the phone into the back seat. Yeah. I think it was. I think he said if he has an incoming text or an email, so so he's not tempted to pick up the smartphone while he's driving, he will throw it into the back seat and go get it when he parks. I mean, I think that's great, and it's hard to enforce that. I've had people message us or say to us, why do they spend so much time pulling over speeders and not distracted drivers? I'm going, I'm pretty sure they are pulling over distracted drivers. It's way easier to clock a speed than to know by the time you pull the person over and get out of the car and get to the window, whether they were actually on their phone or not. But we can see it. We can see how people drive in traffic. And a lot of times it's stop traffic. Here's a way you can help decrease traffic. So not only can you not plow into hero trucks, that creates traffic, how about when traffic is stopped and you're like, okay, my car stopped. Yeah, we're in the middle of the freeway, but let me just check this message real yeah, quick. And then traffic gets going. Right. All the time, I get the helicopter stop. Hey, there's a stall right there. Stall, right. second right lane. No. And, no. Looking down. Nope. Right. And I won't tell you the terminology that we use when that happens, but it, yeah. <laughs> I can only imagine. <laughs> <laughs> Bob, howdy, buddy. That's uh-huh. our pilot. Yep. So we need to be alert and driving, and one reason we need to be alert is because of people, this is our next subject here, smiling, coming in from out of town. There's a lot of people that don't know their way around Atlanta, especially this time of year. Well, it's called the Atlanta Bypass, and I joke about it because it's no longer a bypass. It seems to be filled up uh, 285. You would think if you're passing through Atlanta that you don't want to go through downtown, that you want to go on 285, and that's not usually the case. That's why... And don't we have an interesting phenomenon here with two major interstates, north-south interstates, converging right in the middle of our city. So it brings a lot of out-of-town drivers through, especially this time of year. We see uh, 
we see the buildups and the buildup uh, that we will continue to follow the next few weeks will be on the south side, I-75, and that stretch anywhere from 675 down past 2081, filling up with north-south Florida traffic. And, of course, the downtown connector with folks. But, uh, yeah, there will be a lot of people, especially that Brookwood Interchange where that left-right turn really can get you. Oh, uh, if you're trying to go 75, oh, you better gosh. get to the right and port of 85. That's where I see so many crashes. If I'm just driving through, I hold that steering wheel if I'm headed north because I don't know and I'm wondering. You, you have to be defensive out there. You have to because there are a lot of people that either are distracted or they're from out of town and they, they don't know which way. And GPS is another yes. thing. Yes, I was just GP, about to say, a lot of folks will hit the brakes and then all of a sudden follow GPS. And you know they're following GPS because they're going very slow and they're waiting for the direction. They're waiting for the last second to be told to turn. So that's adding to it. You have transient drivers coming in. Right now it will be spring break traffic. We've already gone through the college spring break deal. I think those are pretty much done. And we're just this coming Friday, I know DeKalb County, because my wife's a DeKalb teacher and she loves off days more than the students do, uh, their spring break starts. And so you know that this Friday afternoon coming up here, or Thursday afternoon as well, it's going to be absolute trash, not just on the south side, but also 75 and North Cobb and up toward Ackworth and Lake Alatoona, 85, and North Gwinnett as well, getting up toward Chateau Lawn and Brazelton. Those, there's not much you know place to go, especially in 85 being two lanes, and those get jammed up. You see inbound afternoon drive delays that look like morning rush hour in those areas you have a lot of people from out of town that now even if they take this route once a year let's say or twice a year they're all gps programmed it seemed like or many of them are gps programmed and so they're making these it's like they're driving through atlanta the first time even though they may have done it 10 times and that's scary too and so us as natives us as people that are smart enough to be programmed into WSB to tell us to where to get around the backups just need to be extra aware when we see a North Carolina license plate, a Tennessee, a Kentucky license plate coming through. They may not just know. not ride their tail. You yeah. know, get, give them a second because more than likely they'll be in the second right lane suddenly veered into your yeah. lane to try to make exit 271 or something. So You mentioned Thursdays. What is it with Tuesdays and Thursdays, Doug? <laughs> it's. I mean, it's weird. And so you, you were, I think, the first out of us to pick up on this, but... It seems like the days in the middle of the week, and I don't know why Wednesday is left off of this list, but Tuesday and Thursday, the the highs are very high as far as trip times. Volumes, yeah. Uh, we, we've noticed it, and Scott Slade and I talk about it during Atlanta's morning news, terrible Tuesdays, how Mondays, you know, Monday's difficult coming off the weekend, but my goodness, Tuesday seems to fill up fast, and it stays bad through the morning. After and 9 it, o'clock as you, well. I mean, it end at 10 o'clock, because right. when I take over for a midday shift That's on right. a Thursday or it something, lingers. You might as, we might as well keep doing traffic every six yeah. minutes until 10 or 10.30. It's and how crazy. have you found the afternoons? Which day? Same. I mean, Thursday? But, I mean, again, Friday afternoon, it seems to me that several years ago, Thursday and Friday started becoming equal in the afternoons. Right. And I think for that same phenomenon is, you know, there's people that start their weekend on Thursday or they'll take an extra Monday and start it again on Tuesday. But my gosh, Thursday and Friday afternoons, those are getaway days. And I think especially with spring break here, if you have people that now their spring break is starting on Friday, which in DeKalb it is, well, let's hit the road on Thursday evening. Let's get it started. And it is absolutely insane. This past Easter Friday was just like a Memorial Day Friday almost. Uh, you know, it was absolutely insane. So we just asked people again to pack that patience to try to, if you could calibrate your commutes around not being in on those times if you don't want to maybe not go downtown when when these things are happening or take 285 and of course listen to WSB for updates it also plays into something big that has more to or less to do with travel delays as far as getting out of town 
And that's, I just find so many cars on the road every single day now. Just looking at afternoon drive traffic, which is my specialty these days, the last two weeks has been absolutely insane downtown. I keep saying insane, but it was, it's just, it's not crashes. It's not overturned tanker trucks. It's not police chases. It's just all this volume is piling up. 75 south in the afternoons normally slows about Howell Mill getting into Midtown. 400 south from Lenox, 85 south from Cheshire Bridge or 400. And now those delays are going farther back, and the speeds are even, instead of being 15 or 10, now they're like 5 trying to get down to I-20. And I I just think, smiling, there's something more than just it being a Tuesday or Thursday because it's sometimes every day. I, I, how many people are working four 10-hour days these days? You know, they yeah. may be working four-day work weeks. You know, you get your 40 hours in maybe Tuesday to Friday. Well, you get it in Monday to Thursday. So the Friday Mondays are going to be at least initially in the morning for us, Friday, you know, Friday morning light. We used to be able to always joke about that. Not not as much anymore no. that we can say it's going to be Friday morning light, but more times than not, Friday is the best morning rush hour of the week. And I think the economy's come back. I know we hear varying opinion, opinions on that, but there are more people out on the road. We've had good weather lately. Right. In oh, general, and, a little bit of rain here now. But you and how has good weather been uh, been frustrating you in terms of seeing wrecks out there? It's the best weather for traffic, <laughs> as far as if you want to get out when there's the least amount of people, is on a day where it's mostly cloudy and dry. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. In That's fact, right. today I think might be one of those days that right. started out that way anyway. Mostly cloudy, so you don't have sunshine delays. Right. And so people are like, oh, yeah, let's go to the park or let's drive to this event. That's the best day for traffic. If it's bright sun, not only do you have this I want to get out of the house mentality, but then as the end of AM drive and the end of PM drive go, you have the sun shining right in your eyes. And it's just unbelievable. It's unbelievable the difference, actually. I mean, it adds 5 to 10%. We always talk about how a rainy drive will increase your trip times to 30 to 50% and sometimes even more. A bright, sunny drive time, and we've had a lot of those lately, morning and afternoon, just... Yeah, and when and then when the weather uh, when the weather turns hellish, we go to Kirk Mellish because uh, Springtime storms. We'll be watching for that now, and how afternoons will pop up, how those scattered thunder showers and such will will dump in one part of town and make the interstate uh, terrible there, and where the other ones won't be. But uh, yeah, we just hope that folks uh, you know use the weather and traffic advantage that we give them every six minutes in the morning and the afternoon during Atlanta's evening news, and you know we're with you. We are with you out there. We are, and we want to really encourage you as well. We, I think, do a bang-up job on Twitter. Follow us oh, on yes. WSB Radio on Twitter and also add WSB Traffic and add AJCWSB Traffic, whatever your flavor yeah. is. They're all sending out the same stuff, but follow us on that. And we really try hard to send out the most pertinent or most unusual traffic problems on the WSB Radio app. And there's even you can even text ATL Traffic to 70123 and get our major traffic problems texted to your phone. We have a lot of ways to be in touch, and you can go on our website, wsbradio.com, and click on the traffic page. There's all sorts of ways to get our information because you want it right then, and we could give it to you. You could press a button on the WSU Radio app or on our website and hear our most recent traffic reports. So, hey, wait a second. They, oh, I just missed the end of it. Mellish is already talking. I need to hear the line. Just go click the button. Give it a couple of minutes to sync up. Click the button. Right. It'll be right there for you. So, I'm really impressed with the, how the digital team has moved forward with stuff. And we've got more things in the future that we're going to try to make your digital WSB experience better. But the point is, do not plan your commute only while you're in the car. Have some sort of idea what you're going to do and what is going on so you're not trying to look that up while you're driving. Because on radio, I know you want it right then, and we can only give it to you so often. We do it every six minutes. That's pretty good. But you need to plan it beforehand and then tune into us to see how, as you always say, smiling. 
your ride refreshes. <laughs> refresh. I love ride. that. <laughs> well, because that. just like a computer, you have to refresh it sometimes. I mean, you refresh the ride slow. from the northern suburbs. I mean, really, I'm, I'm not slow. saying that to make fun. It sounds like <laughs> I love when you say that, and I don't know why I don't pick up on that and do that in PM Drive, but oh. there's probably a copyright issue. Maybe Smiling's because got a whole LLC maybe over there. because you and I are very different. Well, <laughs> yeah. we have the same passion, I'm, but you know, I get called different a lot. Uh, yeah, in a good it way, happens. Though. It happens. Okay, so. Atlanta traffic is bad. We've concluded. We're experts and have concluded Atlanta traffic is bad because we're so smart. (laughs) There is data to back this up, although I really, smiling, I don't love these data lists that that? list Atlanta traffic. So NRIX, which is a company very similar to if you use Google Maps, NRIX has its own information gathering technologies. They're sort of a company that people don't know of as the brand, but NRIX powers, I think, TomTom and some of the other companies that you can use to get traffic in a digital space. Uh, actually, the AJC website, if you go to AJC.com and click on their traffic page, they have a traffic product that is powered by NRIX, just to let you know it's out there. But they gather a lot of traffic, and they then send it to people who are smart and sift through it and come up with lists. Mm-hmm. And they've come up with, as they do, it seems like two or three times a year, and they always change, the top ten most congested cities in the United States. And Los Angeles, I'll just give you real quick the top 10. Los Angeles, Washington, D.C., San Francisco is third, Houston fourth, New York is fifth, Seattle comes in at sixth, Boston smiling at seventh, eighth is Chicago, Illinois, tenth is Honolulu, Hawaii, and why did I skip nine? Because that's where you find our sprawling large metropolis of Atlanta, Georgia, ninth, and they're measuring this not on trip times. They're not measuring it on the number of cars. They're measuring it on the average number of wasted hours in traffic in 2015. Why am I surprised that New York is down to five? Maybe because of the uh, the influx of mass transit in the Northeast Corridor, maybe that, that eases a little bit up there. I mean, I think I thought New York would be a little higher than fifth, but, you know. I guess. I don't know. I think these changed so much. Last year, a similar list, although I don't know if it used the same measurement, had San Jose, California as number one, and that really kind of ticked me off. I'll be honest. Although I did look at their roads, and they looked very confusing. They looked almost as confusing as L.A.'s. Right. Atlanta was 12th on the list that they released in August. And so here we are. Now we're up to ninth. Big, you know, wow, let's throw a party. Here's the deal, guys. We, we run with these stories. I try to ignore them because, to me, it doesn't matter if Atlanta's ninth or 50th or 1st. If my ride takes 50 minutes and it should be 20 minutes, I'm ticked off. And right. I don't need to have a badge that says I'm ninth or 1st. We should be focused on how to get our ride better regardless of where we are in comparison to everybody else. Yeah, it's what we as individuals, as individual, individual motorists uh, deal with every day. Collectively, we don't want to be in the top ten. I mean, we really don't. I mean, it's, it's, it's in some way in a negative. In the sadistic it, way you do because I'm sitting through this. This has to be the worst traffic in the world, not just the United. It has to be the worst traffic in the world. I'm only ninth. Yes, that's, that's sort of, I mean, we're suffering here. We all, all right. suffer in this together. Smiling and I get stuck in traffic, too. We're only ninth. But can it, yes. uh, how much of a deterrent do you think that traffic has on new business growing in certain areas? I mean, do companies look at business, you know, look at the roads and go, well, maybe we won't relocate to that city because traffic is so bad. I wonder if that plays in, plays into the mindset. I'll give you three examples of companies that have chosen their locations based on their relativity to mass transit in Atlanta. State Farm is building a brand new building in Dunwoody so they could be near the Perimeter Marta station. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the company is TCI. The company that was a, the big tech company that was up in Duluth that just moved, I think TCI, and I'm sorry, I don't have that in front of me. They decided to move to Midtown. 
to be near mass transit, to be in a right. place where people could live, work, play all in the same place. Mercedes Benz, they're building their location, I think, in Dunwoody or Sandy Springs, Sandy off the Springs, top of Sandy believe. Springs. Mm-hmm. Why? So they could be near that MARTA station. The trend with people younger than me, even and younger than you two smiling millennials, is we want to live, work, and play in the same joint. We want to be in the same area. We don't want to have to drive 30 minutes to get to our job, or certainly we don't want to drive 30 miles. Is that why, as I fly over Midtown Atlanta, and what used to be huge parking lots are now, we're seeing vertical Yes. Vertical buildings, be it high-rise condos or apartments. Every single parking lot in midtown Atlanta seems to have construction cranes in it now. I think every 26-year-old middle-class person that grew up in or near Atlanta wants to live in Midtown or Virginia Highlands or Candler Park or Inman Park or something right now. I mean, that's it just seems like that's where everything's building around this belt line and everything. And I think that's great. There's only so many people that could get into those areas, and then it creates its own problems with gridlock. Well, you on the still, surface streets. You still need a car. Let's say you're over in Midtown, and you want to go to West Midtown, to the Howell Mill area where like um, the West Egg Cafe is and you know, the places like that. There are you know, all these good places to eat, Normsby's and all that. Okay. I mean, are you really going to bike over there on Friday night, like going out on a date? And, you know, you're still going to have to drive. You could take Marta. Do you really want to spend an hour getting there? Let me I give d- you Let me give you an experience in a city that I went out of town, and I would always rent a car going to the city, Fort Lauderdale. Ah. I didn't when I went this past time. I Ubered. That changed the game for me. Okay. Miami, if I went if I went to Miami, I would take the take a taxi directly to South Beach, walk around, do everything there, take the taxi back. Fort Lauderdale, I always felt it was spread out. For the first time I didn't rent a car. So that took one vehicle off the roadway. I'm using I used Uber the entire time I was in Fort Lauderdale. I didn't rent the car. I wonder that as as we become more and more an Uber society. Yeah. Uh, that'll pick up and not necessarily take more cars off because a vehicle is yeah, transporting be you. But maybe you're putting more people in an Uber, and it, you know, I, I wonder how that more parking. Uh, yeah, you yeah. could have carpool. You could the co- parking situations will be better. You don't have everybody driving and staying at one place. I mean, I don't think that'll. I certainly don't think having Ubers on the road hurts traffic. I think right. it gets people to the place they need it back. I'll give you an example too, and this is where so there's all this talk of Marta expansion, and it seems like the bill has only gone halfway, and the legislature as that wraps up, and Marta may only expand within the Atlanta city limits right now based on a penny sales tax, which. I think it's good to expand MARTA. MARTA is not going to be the elixir to solve all traffic problems. Our patterns, our behaviors as consumers need to change. And with State Farm, who's going to hire, I guess, thousands of people or transport thousands of people, building next to a MARTA place, they get a MARTA station, you can have your whole existence be in that area. And then if you just need to go to Marietta to get something or go to Midtown, you, in theory, could either only use a car at those times or take Uber or a taxi. I'll tell you about an experience I had just a week and a half ago. I took my car to get fixed, thought it was going to be quick. They said it was going to take all day. It was a Saturday morning. My wife, Sarah, was sleeping in. I didn't want to wake her up to come pick me up. And I knew that I lived close to a MARTA bus. I knew the MARTA went right up and down Briarcliff and Claremont. I was at the Express Oil of Briarcliff and Claremont. And I looked, and the MARTA app could do this for you. And it's funny, the MARTA app just sends you to Google Maps to map it out. But I said, how long would it take me to get on a MARTA bus to go from to take a make would it be a fifteen actually a less than ten minute ride in a car, mm-hmm. fifty two minutes on a Saturday morning, wow. fifty two minutes You're turned off by that, by that I'm going yeah. you know I mean fifty two minutes I could just wait here for her to wake up you know yeah. I ended up getting a ride you know we do want and, and also they did and also they don't make change on Marta buses and only had a twenty yeah. you know and so there's all these things that even if Marta expands which I am in favor of I'll go on the record and say I probably shouldn't but I am in favor of Marta expanding. 
I think it's good for this city. It is not the be-all and end-all. There are still a lot of things that have to change with us because we are very much a vehicular society here in Atlanta. Yeah. Car culture. Well, you know, they keep putting lanes on interstates, and we see those lanes fill up. There was a wreck on the downtown connector one morning, and I remember counting those lanes over. Three of seven lanes are knocked out. You know, when you mentioned seven, seven lanes across, yeah, I don't like what is Cobb those. County? Where is uh, where's that Windy Hill stretch? How many lanes across? Yeah, and, if you're and they're all filled up at afternoon drive when it's yeah. bad. Yeah, we're always going to have traffic. Traffic is going to be with us. I did a career day last week, I guess it was, at Dunwoody High School, and one of the students said. What are you traffic reporters going to do when all the cars are self-driving and there's no more traffic? Mm. And I had two points. I said, number one, electric cars have been out for 15 or 16 years since I was in high school or even before, Mm -hmm. and we're still not all driving electric cars. So if you think that the driver will be eliminated by the time I retire even, Mm. it's probably not, you know. I told him the day after I retire is the day that happens. (laughs) (laughs) And secondly, secondly, okay, they're all self-driving cars. They're still all on the road. They're all on the road. You may not have your hands on the steering wheel 24, or not 24-7. You may not have them at a 10 and a 2 the whole time, but you're going to have to monitor what's going on, and you're still going to be late, and and you're still going to need traffic. And, yeah, the car might decide what the best route is, but I still think that the human touch matters a lot. And so there's as long as there's traffic, I think there will be a need for a big beefed-up traffic team, the biggest beefed-up traffic team in Atlanta. That'd be us. And we're happy to be here every day for you 24-7. Absolutely. So thank you all for sitting in with us. Um, we we got a lot going on. I want to mention real quick, Captain Herb Memorial Ride benefiting Toys for Tots is May the 14th in Lithia Springs at Fred's Barbecue House. We've done this. This will be the third year in a row. Uh, we did it right after Herb passed away in 2014. So come out and honor Captain Herb. If you're a motorcycle rider, you can come out and do that. If there's an arts and crafts fair oh. benefiting the First Foundation for Childhood Literacy, come out to that too. If you're just looking for a great place for a Saturday lunch yes. where there's going to be a lot going on, Fred's Barbecue House, Thornton Road, north of I-20 is the place you want to be. So it's great barbecue, great people, honoring Captain Herb, the money going to Toys for Tots, a lot of it anyway. So come out there, and that's Thornton Road, north of I-20. We've got a page up on WSRadio.com. We've got a Facebook event group as well. S- seek it out, or just call the traffic center, give us a buzz, and we can give you all the information as well. And I think that'll do it, Smiling. Well, I think we covered a lot of ground here in 30 minutes. <laughs> Has it gone that long? Uh, 29-21 as wow. we speak, you yes. Wanna, you you want to time it? No, we can be done now, can't we? <laughs> we can be done. I think that's it. So, folks, again, thanks for joining the uh, WSB Traffic Podcast. We'll try to have one again here in the next couple of weeks, not a couple of months. Just tap me on the shoulder when you want to chat. <laughs> that's good. I'll give you a good bear hug for that. I'm Doug Fireball Turnbull. That's Smiling Mark McKay, yes, and we'll see you around the dusty trail pretty soon.